Thanks for tuning in to the teaching ministry of Mike Hilson, Senior Pastor of New Life Wesleyan Church of La Plata, Maryland, a church that plants churches, and of Where You Are Church, an online church helping people reconnect with God through practical content and a growing community. We're so glad that you're taking the time to listen to this week's message, and we hope that this teaching helps you love God and love people better every day. If you enjoy what you hear today, consider sharing it with someone else. Now, enjoy today's teaching. Now, we're talking about Gideon, and we've been unpacking a few things. Are you hearing from God? We talked about the fact that the Israelites were not hearing from God, and the lack of God's voice caused them to end up in a place that was not positive. That was, In fact, the Midianites and the Amalekites were actually impoverishing them. But then they heard from God because they finally called back out to them. Then we get to Gideon, who is going to be the deliverance, the person God brings deliverance through. Listen. You may be the person that God brings deliverance through for someone else in your life. You may well be that person, but you've got to be willing to step up into that role. So I, I want to encourage you to be willing to do that. You say, well, I don't know if I could do that. Well, then question God. Ask him questions. That was, that, whole, that was the whole sermon last week. Don't be afraid to ask. Look, God is plenty big enough to deal with your questions. His, his ego is not so weak that he can't handle your questions. Our God knows that you have these questions and is just waiting for you to ask them so that he can help you to process them. Then in the end of the questions, just like we talked about last week, the questions will ultimately lead to me taking some type of action based on what God has called us to. This is where our prayers need to be. Our prayers need to be to hear the voice of God. Our prayers need to be to question what I'm hearing. And then our prayers need to be that God would give me the strength, the power, the ability to move forward in where he wants us to go. Now, let me, let me just say this. Inside of the church, I've watched many people over the years who finally believe they've gotten a vision or a direction from God. They've gotten a word from God, and they just take off running. And they just, you know, they just, they're, they're, they're trying to charge hell with a water pistol. You know what I'm saying? And, and while that sounds real good, it's not a smart plan. What you need to do is be testing along the way everything God is calling you to do. And again, we're in one of those places where a lot of people say you should never test what God tells you to do. Well, that's not true. The Bible actually tells us, in fact, in Malachi chapter 3, we get we get this whole thing about tithing, about giving the 10% to God. God tells the Israelites, you're under a curse because you failed to tithe. And then they said, well, how, do, well, how have we failed to, how, how are we robbing you? Well, you're robbing me, God says, because you're not giving the tithe. And so, and so he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Listen to his words, Malachi chapter 3. He says, test me in this and see if I will not pour out a blessing so great you won't even be able to contain it. Look, God actually calls us to test him. And so we should. Now, I've got some, I'm going to have some yellow flags, some areas of boundaries for testing. But the truth is, we need to hear from God. So whatever, if we're in a place we're not hearing from God, we got to fix that. We've got to question God because we have to understand where we're at and where he's at. We got to get there. But then we need to start to test God. Are you testing God? Now, remember, we left it last time. 
with Gideon having having torn down his father's uh, uh, altar to Baal and the Asher pole, taken his father's uh, second best cow and 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 slaughtered it and has offered it now on a proper altar, using the wood from the Asher pole for the fire, and and so but he did that at night. Remember. So we're now going to start with the next morning. So I'm in Judges chapter 6, verse 28. In verse 28, it says, In the morning, when the people of the town got up, there was Baal's altar demolished. Why? Because Gideon had demolished it. With the Asherah pole beside it cut down, and the second bull sacrificed on the newly built altar. And they asked themselves, Who did this? When they carefully investigated, they were told Gideon, son of Joash, did it. Now let's pause. Remember that Joash, Gideon's father, does not know that Gideon did this. He does not know until the next morning with everybody else that Gideon has torn down Joash's altar to Baal, has torn down Joash's Asherah pole, and has taken Joash's second calf and, and sacrificed it on this altar. So Gideon has taken a huge step that God told him to take, but now Joash has a decision to make. The people of the town demanded, I'm verse 30, the people of the town demanded of Joash, bring out your son. He must die because he has broken down Baal's altar and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Now, this would have been a normal punishment for having defiled the gods of the Canaanites, which is Baal and Asherah. And by the way, why would it be that? Baal and Asherah in ancient times are fertility gods. And therefore, if you, if you defile Baal and Asherah, the idea, the belief is that the crops of the entire, of the entire area, of the entire town will fail. There won't, you won't be able to grow your crops. Your, your livestock will become sick or won't give birth to new livestock. This, this is the idea. So they are concerned they are going to lose financially because of what uh, Gideon has done. First, what, what, what's this? But Joash replied to the hostile crowd. Joash replies in verse 31 uh, around him, are you going to plead Baal's cause? Are you trying to save him? Who, whoever fights for him shall be put to death by morning. If Baal is really a god, he can defend himself when someone breaks down his altar. So because Gideon broke down Baal's altar, they gave him the name Jerob Baal that day, meaning let Baal contend with him. Now, now listen, Joash takes a position that, that makes a lot of sense. Wait, are you telling me that you need to defend Baal? Baal can't defend himself? Yeah, are, are, are you trying to tell me that, that Baal is so powerful that my son went and tore down his altar and Asherah is so powerful that my son in the middle of the night cut down the pole and and you're telling me that they didn't have the power to stop that but all of a sudden you want me to do something about it no 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 he says your gods obviously don't have the power you think they have if my son is able to defeat your gods then there's not much to your gods now, I want you to know something following God will always test things and it always starts by testing the power of old gods. And I, I'm using small g gods here. Whenever I follow God, I always test the power of some old gods in my life. Because, I, listen, everybody, 
all of us have some old gods in our lives, some old, uh, some old superstition or some old plan or some old, you know, practice that we have, some, some old habit or some old, old addiction that we have in our lives. And when we begin to follow God, it begins to challenge that. Maybe that can't be. Maybe that's not right. Maybe, I, maybe I'm not thinking the right way. Maybe, maybe my thinking does have to change. Maybe my actions have to change. Maybe, maybe my decisions have to be made differently. All of those things begin to play into this moment where I'm now following God. And by following God, I am challenging. Watch. I am testing the power of some old gods. And if those old gods don't have power, then frankly, what I need to do is follow the God that is causing me to test them. That's what happens here. This is actually, if you stop and think about it, this is actually the first moment where the people of this town begin to realize that the gods they have been following don't have power, but the God that Gideon is following, who they should have been following from the beginning, does. This is their first indication that things are changing. When we follow God, it always tests the power of old gods. Verse verse 33. In verse 33, it says, Now all the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples joined forces and crossed the Jordan and camped in the valley of Jezreel. Now wait, what, what's happening is it, this is different. Because in the past, you get these little raiding bands of, of Amalekites and, and Midianites and Eastern peoples who raid into Israel and they're, they're taking things, they're impoverishing the Israelites. But now, all of a sudden, you've got this coalesced army that has crossed the Jordan into Israelite territory and is now openly challenging the existence, if you will, of the, of the Israelites. Remember, there's not a centralized government. There's not a centralized leader. None of that exists. And so these Amalekites, these Midianites, these Eastern peoples, they've joined forces. They're marching into what is the nation of Israel or into what is the territory, it's not even a nation yet, of Israel. And they are now going to drive out the Israelites just like the Israelites under Joshua had driven out the people before them. And so that's their plan. So this is a very real existential threat to the existence of the Israelites in this land. So, So something has changed. Something is very different now. Verse 34, then the spirit of the Lord came on Gideon and he blew a trumpet, summoning the Abizurites to follow him. He sent messengers throughout Manasseh, calling them to arms and also to Asher, Zebulun, Naphtali, so that they too went to up to meet them. What we know from chapter seven, doing some math from a few things we see there is that 32,000 men gather in front of Gideon. They gather because they now see that the Midianites, the Amalekites, and the Eastern peoples are coming to wipe them out. They're no longer just going to be an annoyance. They're now a real threat. And so 32,000 people rally to Gideon. Pause. Wait. Stop. Wait. Gideon is from the least tribe in all of Israel, and he is the least of that tribe. So ain't nobody, ain't from nowhere, ain't never done nothing, just called everybody up and 32,000 of them showed up. Y'all watch, following God not only tests the power of the old gods, following God tests the desire of God's people. You see, sometimes, oh, quite often, 
God has people that are desperate to step out and do what he's called them to. But they're just waiting for somebody to give the battle cry. Somebody to say, I'll lead this if you'll come do this. And when you're willing to finally, finally trust God enough to step up and say, okay, okay, I'll lead this. Okay, I believe God's called me to do this. When you finally give the battle cry, they rally too. Listen, I, I get it. Everybody stay with me. I'm not suggesting 32,000 people are going to show up when you give a rallying cry. But when you see a problem and God says, this is a problem you're going to answer, and you begin to step up to answer that problem, there will be others who rally to the cause with you. Why? Because following God, it tests the power of the old gods, the way we used to do it, the way we've done it, the way we're doing it. It's not working. But then it tests the desire of God's people and other people rally around you to get that thing done. You say, well, well I wish I had that kind of confidence. I wish I could tell you that Gideon has that confidence now. 32,000 men have now rallied to him. He has an army in front of him. And then we read this. I, I don't think I ever caught this before, but stay with me. The 32,000 are there. When we read in verse 36, so Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand as you have promised, look, I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor. If there's dew only on the fleece and all the ground is dry, then I know that you will save Israel by my hand. As you said, you understand how impossible that is. That somehow there's enough dew that it makes the fleece wet, but all the ground around it is dry. And that is what happened. Gideon rose early the next day. He squeezed the fleece and wrung out the dew, a bowl full of water, but all the ground around it was dry. Then Gideon said to God, do not be angry with me. Let me make just one more request. Allow me one more test with the fleece, but this time make the fleece dry and let the ground be covered with dew. And that night God did so. Only the fleece was dry, <clears throat> but all the ground was covered with dew. Look, I don't think I ever unpacked before that the armies had rallied to Gideon, and yet he's still wondering. I think I used to think when I was a kid or when I was a younger pastor that, that, that when you were finally the leader, when you were finally in charge, you would just know what was next and it would always be natural. I need you to hear me. That's not the, that's not the way that works. You'll find yourself in leadership and you'll still be wondering, is this what God wants me to do? And Gideon in this moment looks out. He's followed God every step of the way. God's delivered, God's answered, God's, God's helped him through his questions from his scars and his questions from his past. He's helped him with his questions from, from, from his capacity. He's done all of that. God's finally speaking to the nation. God's doing something. God, God has shown the old gods to be weak, to be in, in, incapable. God has shown the people to be desirous of someone to lead them. And Gideon is that leader. And even in the moment where he's standing in front of 32,000 men ready to fight for the nation of Israel under his leadership, he still turns to God and says, are you sure? Are you sure I'm the guy? And God answers that question. You see, following God tests the power of the old gods. And it tests the power, it tests the desires of God's people. But following God also will test the faith of the follower of God.
It's going to test your faith. I, I wish I could tell you, I've been, I've been, in, I've been in church leadership now for 30-some years, a, a long time. And, and, and I wish I could tell you that there comes a point where you don't constantly question your, your capacity or, or your faith. I wish I could tell you there comes a point where the scars are no longer there. Or they no, you don't really no longer notice them. I wish I could tell you that there are points where the insecurity of not being from the right stock is there, but it doesn't happen. I wish I could tell you that there were moments where you just seen God move so many times you don't question it at all. Look, you question less. That's true. God has come through so many times that I have greater faith today than I did in the past, but it doesn't mean I'm not still going, God, are you sure? It's no longer, watch, watch, watch. Not only will this question become, God, are you sure I'm the guy? It'll become, God, are you sure I'm still the guy? God, are you sure I'm still the one that's supposed to do this? And you start to question and you start to throw out fleeces. You got to be careful with fleeces because you know the devil can, can fake this stuff. But when you learn to know the voice of God, then you got to understand the call of God to follow him will test everything around and within you. And when, when, when those tests come, you got to trust him to answer to them. You got to trust him to come through. Look, look, the power of the old gods was, were obviously shown to be nothing. And therefore, they just started calling him names. They didn't mess with him because he had already defeated their gods. The power of the old gods turned out it didn't have any authority over the people of God because the people of God all rallied to, to Gideon. They were, they were just waiting for someone to rise up. And when Gideon did, they, they rallied to his cause. Other people will rally to your cause too if, if God's given it to you. But even in the moment of leadership, in the face of the pressure of all of a sudden carrying the weight of delivering Israel, Gideon still has questions and God still has patience and God still has answers. We have to trust him. Remember, we're not in this series learning how to cope in the midst of our impoverishment. We're learning how to be victorious over that which impoverishes us. We're not learning to manage the Midianites. We're learning to drive them out. And in the end, that's going to require that we follow God even when it tests everything in our lives. That requires a faith that has asked the questions and found the answers. That requires a faith that has heard from God. Our prayers allow us to hear from him. Our prayers allow us to question him, to question ourselves, to question everything around us. Our prayers allow us to test along the way and see that he's greater than our old gods, that he's going to rally people around us, and that he still is calling us even to this day. We've got to trust him even when it gets tough. Pray with me. Holy Spirit, right now, I want to pray for those that have stepped out in their faith somehow. Lord, we last week talked about needing to step out in faith and, and praying a prayer that would show us where that first step needed to come from. Lord, that first step is going to cause challenges to everything in our lives. And Lord, when it challenges our old ways of doing things, our old gods, if you will, 
Lord, I pray that you would show those old patterns, those old beliefs, those old systems to be to be powerless. And instead, Lord, show yourself to be powerful. Lord, whenever you've called us to do something, let us see that you've rallied some number of people around us to help us get it done. You've never called us to do anything by ourselves, Lord. You've always called us to do things with others. But Lord, when we find ourselves insecure in our identity and who we are and whether you've actually still want us to do this, show us, Lord. In ways that only you can do it, show us that we are still called Show us that we are still the one you want to use. And Lord, when you show us that, teach us to stand firm even then. And Lord, we will give you praise for everything you do. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. We really hope that this resource helped you in your journey towards loving God and loving people better every day. If you enjoyed this, please share it with your friends. And lastly, we just wanted to give a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that all of this is even possible. If you'd like to learn more about how to partner with us financially, just click give for more information. We appreciate anything that you can do to help. Thanks for being a member of our online family. We love serving Jesus with you.